Welcome to the What If Podcast with your hosts, Spencer Worth Davis and Ryan Copperud. This is the What If Podcast. My name is Ryan Copperud. What's up, buddy? That's Luigi. Yeah. You're Spencer. Yeah. The the British lady tells them. I uh, They know who we are. But I want We them. paid that British lady like $10 to tell them who we are. We did pay her you that. You guys hired a British lady? Yeah, man. For yeah. $10 to tell them who we are. Sweet. Right. Yeah. But did you go to like www.britishlady.com? Nope. That sounds illegal. That's, <laughs> that's probably not going to get the result. Oh, come on. You know that exists. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying. Somebody look it up. Right, it. <laughs> probably not what you want it to be is all I'm saying. It's probably not like a... A job listing Maybe website for voiceover talent. No, it's probably we oh, it's available. Oh, hey, yep. so somebody you out there listening, <laughs> BritishLady.com <laughs> is available. Yep. We're definitely buying BritishLady.com <laughs> and redirecting it to WhatIfPodcast.com <laughs> just because we can. We're definitely doing that. What are we talking about today? Uh, what if Miss Clear British works- ladies? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I run that shit in the ground on every podcast now. Sorry, I got to limit myself to like five Luigi's per episode. It got, oh. a, it got, got a little out of hand last time. Yeah, we maybe you have to like, yeah, you have to use them more sparingly just so that when he really comes through, he really comes yeah, through in the clutch. You're right. You're right. Uh-huh. I'm devaluing Luigi. So we are not, in fact, uh, talking about, Brit- well, we were talking about British ladies, but no longer will we talk about British ladies today. We're actually talking about uh, a Jamaican lady. <laughs> so Jamaican, a Jamaican lady, she half German, half Jamaican. Yes, Jamaican. Uh, she's Jamaican. Jamaican. Uh, what if Miss Cleo worked for the CIA? And actually, what we're talking about, or alternately, what if there were different chambers full of very tall, very large, very thin people that look thin because of their height, and they dress like in oh, it's like a real light silk, but they're not the flowing type of clothing. It's like cut to fit. What? On Mars. What? Yeah, man. We're going to get to that. That is an actual <laughs> That's the alternate title. out of a uh, declassified document uh, that we're going to get to later. Whoa. We're talking about remote viewing today. There we go. Or in short, RV. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the kind that you live in or travel in or camp in, but uh, RV as in remote viewing. And um, this episode was Spencer's idea, something we've talked about a little bit briefly. Um, what drew you to remote viewing? It's some wild shit, it's and wild. it has some uh, some nice tie-ins with with UFOs. Mm. There is always <laughs> Spencer trying aliens. to find his aliens. <laughs> well, we're gonna get some. We will. This, this we will. Episode. No doubt. <laughs> uh, and unlike some of the other things we we talk about, there this one's real. Well, <laughs> there's more evidence than some of the other things we've talked about that it was at least attempted mm. and well funded. Um, yeah, exactly. Like. Our government, other governments, at least went down this road and put some money and time and effort into pursuing this, whether or not they actually got any results out of it. I don't know. I would say a considerable amount of money and time when you look at like the yeah. grand scheme. I mean, we're talking about like roughly from the mid-70s to like the mid to late 90s, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it got bastardized and put on DVDs in the lecture circuit and all that weird shit that we're going to get into also. Which we'll also get into, yeah. Probably um, the best, shortest summary of, of remote viewing. Yes. Since we've been fucking around a lot with this interview. Yes. To keep things concise. Uh, if you've seen Stranger Things, it's what L does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
They put, when they put her in the tub in the weird suit and they hook up the electrodes to her and she has a target where she's supposed to see something or hear something that's happening far away. With her, it was mostly, mostly Russian conversations. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's what Elle is being trained to do in Stranger Things. And um, And if you haven't seen Stranger Things, remote viewing is... The practice of seeking impressions about a distant or unseen target, purportedly using extrasensory perception, ESP, as we will refer to it from here on out, to save time, or sensing with your mind. Uh, and this target isn't necessarily a being, right? It's, it can be an event as well. It could be. It could be. I, I, in fact, I think it's been almost everything at yeah, some it, point. It could be... A place, a person, an item. Um, so it's not necessarily that you can you can sense things that you're not in the same room with, but it could also apply to time and dimension, maybe too. Yeah, time is is usually not an issue. Um, cool. Uh, but if you you know, if you believe the people who report to have done it or have success with it, uh, you can see things outside of time. So things that have mm-hmm. happened in the past, things that are going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you can specify like Ark of the Covenant, most recent location, or uh, Jimmy Carter now, or <laughs> well, often I mean, <laughs> you, like, you like that one? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if Jimmy Carter now sounds is, like a bored well, clairvoyant. A I don't know, like, bored clairvoyant. Well, it's like uh, Corey Matthews doing Tuesday. <laughs> What did um, at two p.m. Yao Ming last Thursday <laughs> sandwiches. What did Sean Penn have for lunch? Yeah, so you could you could do all those things. Um, but often, but often those cues are intentionally left super vague. From everything I understand about like the instruction of it, the 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 cues of like what you're looking for are intentionally left super vague in order to let people sort of use their minds to suss out. The actual sure. well, most frequently the the people who are doing the remote viewing don't have the name of the or the location or any specifics about what they're trying to view. Right, they would get like coordinates basically. Mm. So so that it would be objective. Right, you don't want them to know what they're supposed to be looking for because the idea is then your mind would fill in uh whatever gaps there might be or you're just describing what you think that place would look like or what that person might be doing mm-hmm. um so the way that uh well i don't know how far we want to get into it right now but one of the ways that people do it is by putting so you'd put your target as they say so if your target is yao ming last thursday yep you'd write that down you put in an envelope and you have this filing system basically of this set of random numbers correlates to this thing and so you give the person just this set of numbers and somehow they can figure out what that is supposed to be. Mm. So the person doing the viewing has no idea what they're supposed to be looking for. They're just given coordinates, basically. And mm. focusing their mental energy on that concept until things right. hopefully mm. become clear. Crazy. Um, it is crazy. And... We spent a lot of money trying to like figure out how to do it. We should do a demonstration of that. Well, <laughs> I have um, I have some, I, I have some instructionals. You do, so we could get there oh. if we wanted to. Um, I want to find out if I have ESP. Well, at the top of this year, January of 2017, 
there was a Freedom of Information Act uh, request that was put in related mm-hmm. to uh, the Stargate program, oh. which we'll I guess we'll get to too. We're skipping forward because we're excited. Well, <laughs> I mean, go ahead. What's the Stargate? I think um, that's a good place to start. I guess it is a good place to start. So, Stargate was a program that went by many other names. Uh, <laughs> Gondola Wish. Oh, that's a sweet secret program name. Pretty good, right? That might actually be cooler than Stargate. I, mm-hmm. I kind of agree with you. Uh, Grill Flame. Grill Flame? Yep. <laughs> Whoa. Cool. That sounds really lame. <laughs> Center Lane. Yeah. Sounds kind of fascist. Sunstreak. Okay. Sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and Scanate. It's like a Pokemon that poops its pants, but it's like fu- <laughs> fire. Oh, Sunstreak. <laughs> Fucking burning, burning holes burning in those shorts my, every day. My underwear. The last one was scannate, as in like scan and coordinate. Uh, yes, oh, okay. scannate. Got it. Um, so it started in Fort Meade, Maryland, in 1978. Um, by the DIA, the Defense Intelligence Agency. Which I don't know. Is that still a thing? I've never heard of that. The Defense Intelligence Agency. Is that like? Did that become the CIA at some point? I think the Department of Defense has their own. Well, the CIA had been around for a long time oh, right, before yeah. that. Yeah, well, it would maybe be the the Department of Defense. Yeah, I think they have their own intelligence agency separate from the CIA. The CIA. Okay. Okay. So them in collaboration with uh, SRI International, who's like a military contractor, basically. No, it's Stanford Research Institute. Uh, and also, but also a yeah, contractor but it started for the at, San- at Stanford. Yeah, yeah, right. In their like what psychiatry or tele. I don't Something know. There's some lab. some branch of Stanford psychology that was looking at weird shit, right. paranormal things, and contracting with the government on how to do weird paranormal things right. for profit or for death. Yes, <laughs> or for death. That's um, what most of this is really about. It really is. I mean, anything that's like a military project in start is, generally speaking, mm-hmm. with the eventual outcome of. Uh, sad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I should don't have want to talk about remote viewing anymore. It's so much less fun. Um, no. So basically, well, in it's response, fun if you're the one doing the killing. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> and people don't really know they're about to be killed. They just kind of drop dead, like oh, out of nowhere, because it's done remotely. Well, I don't think you can remotely kill them. You can't. Well, what the fuck were they researching this for? Like, Information. Yeah. Oh, it's like you don't have to interrogate people. Yeah. Well, I, I got an idea. It's, it's for sp- I'll let you explain it <laughs> before, so I stop. It's for spying no. purposes, basically. Uh, okay. Yeah. But it's also, gotcha. that's an interesting point or an interesting take because um, part of the Stargate prog- uh, program was also investigating what they called remote actions, which was essentially mm. trying for that, trying to see if they could shape things or make things happen with a group mm-hmm. of people focusing on a specific you know, and then time, using place, a, a giant gate to travel between star systems, and <laughs> but instead we made drones. Different Stargate. Different oh, Stargate. Oh, that's different. Yeah, different Stargate. Okay, but gotcha. But because I know a lot about that program, also. Hey, if you, if program. we ever want to talk about it, <laughs> that television program. <laughs> yes, the government program, television program. If there's any missing details in the Star Stargate program we're actually talking about today, in your mind, just fill them in with random pieces of <laughs> cool. trivia. It'll be way more fun that way. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Your mind is gonna explode by yeah. the end of this. So what? was Stargate and the SRI. So Stargate, basically in response to the rumored knowledge that uh, sort of post-Cold War, during Cold War, the Russians were working on some version of um, basically like testing extrasensory perception as it relates to their military. And um, 
to to rewind us a little bit, that whole uh, Soviet program came from. Uh, there was. Let me find it right now. I have it up. I have it up. I have it up. Did their program have a, a cool code name or series of code names? Uh, I don't know. I don't have them. If it did, do mm. you? No, they were probably in Russian anyway. That's true. I would not be very good <laughs> at reading them or reciting them at all. <laughs> Sergey spies on Steve. <laughs> I think that's what it was called. Perfect. <laughs> um. So, guy na- guy by the name of Alexander Ivanov in I think it was like the is he related to Ilya Ivanov the chimp fucker? Uh, <laughs> no question okay. mark. Is right, he carry half on. chimp? <laughs> it's his son. I'm not sure if this episode is going to come out before or after that episode. No, it's, though, it's right so. after. It'll be perfect. It's, okay, all right. Yeah, I know what up. I'm doing over here. All right, good, good, good. Um, then. Then ha ha ha! You all got I'm that saying chip fucker yeah. in a public forum. That's what I'm doing over here. And again, um, so yeah, again. <laughs> oh man! Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, 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 life is good. All right. Sorry. Please no, explain to no. our listeners that haven't given up on us yet yeah, what the right. fuck we're talking yeah, about who's tonight. ready to edit an episode <laughs> <laughs> um ivana ivanov uh of the soviet union publishes a paper uh in the international journal of parapsychology about what he referred to as eyeless vision that's a really cool name right that's it was cool. like late 60s early 70s i think and basically um through a series of tests he was attempting to train blind people to distinguish colors by touch. Whoa. So he would basically take uh, like a series of pieces of paper or objects that were a color and ask the blind people to touch them and then based on the things that they were touching, see if they could essentially like using extrasensory perception determine the color of the object. Did you guys see that uh, that article this week about people with schizophrenia who are also blind? Mm-mm. And instead of hearing voices, they see a pair of disembodied hands <gasps> signing things at them. No. Whoa. You mean deaf? No, blind. Oh, what? Yes. Sorry. People who are deaf. deaf? I'm sorry. People, people who are deaf and have schizophrenia, rather than hearing voices because they don't know what those sound like. People who were born deaf. Um, Whoa. Yeah, they'll see, they'll have visual hallucinations instead of a pair of hands signing things. I'm just imagining them. like the the end of Super Smash Brothers, like the master hand. The big, right. yeah, the giant like hand. Wafting right. in and like making oh, threatening man. gestures at you. Yeah. I don't know why, but that's for some reason like more terrifying to me than hearing For things. sure. Yeah. I wonder if it makes it more apparent that it's a hallucination though. It's like, yeah, hands don't normally just float into my field of vision like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you do hear things that you can't identify the source of. Right. Sure. Like, and everybody has that voices was in their heads. Right. It's yeah. just about how, right. how, our how own, loud they are, how how much they control your life. Right. Yeah. I mean, our own subconscious is that. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, <clears throat> so Ivanov publishes his paper. Basically, the Soviets kind of run no, with this. No, you shut up! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jesus. Guy over here. Uh, the Soviets run with this information, and uh, basically, after he sort of tried to teach people colors via touch... They got into some of talk and practice of discerning pictures. Like, can you, if you put your hand on a picture, can you maybe determine, like, is it uh, natural? Is it of human construction? Is it, you know, can you get more information out of things by touching? They run with this information. A lot of this is rumor and whatever, so I don't have a lot of good data on it. But essentially the rumor was, hey, if the Russians are doing this, 
we should either A, be able to understand it, or B, be able to do it too, because if they're doing this, then they're going to get a leg up on us. You think this is just a plot for the Russians to, like, tantalize the Americans into wasting a bunch of federal money on? I, I think a lot of these things can be explained in that way, honestly. It's an amazing mm. red herring if they did, because they really, like, really boned us for, yeah, <laughs> for like, 25 well, years. There's a theory that uh, even the, the Roswell crash was that. Uh-huh. That they just, like, shot some, uh, like kids that they had done weird experiments on over here in a weird looking little Whoa, plane no just, way. just to fuck with us. Wow. Damn, I've never heard that theory. That's kind mm-hmm. of a trip. You can blame a lot of things on the Russians or vice versa. Well, and it's mm-hmm. an interesting it's an interesting question just in general to 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 ask like how how much have we acted on shit that's just like leaked it's information. A good, it's a good strategy mm-hmm. too. You know, just get your enemy off course, get him to Divert their attention and money and yeah, energies. disinformation is yeah. you know. I'm sure it happens totally. Um, so in response to the hey, they might be able to see things using their minds from the Soviet Union. We said we should see if we can use our minds to look at the Soviet Union. So we started Stargate, hmm. and uh, yeah, it's it basically they took a handful of cats who had either some what? you mean you mean people right <laughs> oh yeah i guess i guess i guess in this yeah, type of context it could have been cats yeah. i could i can't men who, slang. Stare, men who stare at cats yeah. <laughs> you know that's a real thing too though right well, oh the um, men who stare yeah, cats yeah yeah we could do that episode sometime too we which should. is really it feels like stargate mm-hmm. Program because that was the Star Wars program, right? Uh, it, I don't no, remember. It's, they're actually the same program. Oh, it is. Oh no, mm-hmm. Star Wars program was the Reagan laser thing, but yeah. it, they were called the Jedi Knights, though, right? Or the Jedi Warriors or something? I don't remember. Anyway, they rounded up. The same a, they rounded up a bunch of cats. <laughs> they rounded rounded up a bunch, and then of they humans. released them and rounded up a bunch of humans. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, they basically started going down the road of. There's, I've, I've read one of the really interesting declassified documents where they talked about like, is this an intelligence operation or is this research and development? And the and mm. the declassified doc was trying to sort of like suss out the difference between the two and what were they actually doing, which I also think is really interesting from from a perspective of was it effective and why were we continuing to put time and energy into it? Was for it like almost twenty years? For, yeah, That's yeah, crazy. Was it because it was effective? So it was an intelligence operation, or was it research and development just to keep poking until we saw whether or not it was a real thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's like that's the the high level of what Stargate was. Okay. Um, we can get into some of the deets if we want to, but that's sort of the big part. All right. Well, let's talk about our guy Ed then. We can definitely talk about Ed because you and I both read a book by Major Ed. Dames, not yeah. Ed Helms or Ed Gein or Ed, Ed Harris. Harris. Different Ed. None of those people. Not Mr. Ed. Ed, Ed Dames. Psychic Horses is a different episode. Uh, called Tell Me What You See. Tell Me What You See. And Cats. Cats. <laughs> which is cool, which is cool because that is actually the um like the primary question or the, the first the question prompt. in most of the remote viewing transcripts that we have available now because of the declassification. Mm. A very broad, very open-ended, tell me what you see, which is kind of cool and crazy. Mm -hmm. Our guy, Ed, was or is a retired Army major who worked uh, for military intelligence during his time in the Army. 
And he was, did he actually work for Project Stargate? Yes. Okay. He was one of the remote viewers on Project Stargate. So he actually wasn't one of the viewers. He was one of the handlers. Okay. But he has, uh, well, I I should clarify. So in a remote viewing process, uh, we kind of talked about this, but just to clarify, there's usually two people in the room at the same time. One person is um, basically there to like deduce and put information together that they're receiving from the person who's actually doing the viewing. So the person doing the viewing is just viewing and not actually trying to make sense of what they're viewing. Mm. It's like part of the strategy and part of the training procedure is to let that person just just be like stream of consciousness. This is what I'm getting kind of. And then the other person's job is to sort of put those pieces together to go. "Mm, I wonder if he's talking about this or I wonder if she's Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So he was he was one of the handlers who was doing the interviewing, the training, uh, et cetera. He, he does have some experience viewing, which we'll talk about later as well, but that was his primary purpose at Stargate. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you feel like there's kind of, this is sort of a little bit off topic, but do you feel like there's sort of like a, an obsession or like a, um, an archetype of like the person whose intellect is sort of disembodied or, or it's like you let yourself be insane in some sort of like, like half, half conscious state where, and then there's like another person there to translate the idea. I feel like I, I see this like mm-hmm. in a lot, like within minority report, you remember the, the like future reader people. Yeah. The, and were like plugged into, the they go- were like the goo bath. Yeah. The goo bath. And then like, I don't know if you saw Battlestar Galactica. It was like the same thing. Did not. There's like all these, there's all these like, like archetypes of like people floating in like a liquid pool who are like half yeah. conscious and are just like mumbling nonsense yeah. that like has something to do with like prediction of the future and like they're like channelers kind of right. Uh, I feel like we have this obsession with with this idea of like you can be in liquid and then for some well, reason you start yeah. to like Stranger Things. They need to put her in the in the salt right, bath. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. If anybody ever watched Fringe, which Fringe. Is, that's right. Same yeah, thing. He needed to be in the the flotation tank to get to the other dimension. Right. There's something mm-hmm. there. What was uh? What's the the time travel movie, um, Quantum Leap. Nope. Um, <laughs> it shows starts awesome. with a P. What is it's, the name of it? It's on Netflix right now. Primer. Mm. Primer. They're in a bath to mm-hmm. to be able to. Uh-huh. They they have like a bathtub set up where they have to be submerged with like some sort of electrical current to be able to. That's time hopping, but still like kind of mm. to be able to like that, achieve where that, that state. Comes from. Yeah, that is interesting because well, it's such a clear vision in my mind of like babbling. Like nonsense that is for some reason like sensible mm-hmm. or can be translated into like you know uh, uh, like revealed knowledge or something. I think yeah. part of the idea in this case with remote viewing is that you want to, as a viewer, you're not supposed to be consciously thinking about or analyzing these things. You're supposed to be it's kind like a of dream. Pull, pulling this from your subconscious or or they talk about the collective unconscious. So this information yep. mm-hmm. is not coming from you. And you don't want to taint it with your view of it. Sure. You're just sort of taking it and passing it on. And that's what you were talking about where they have the handler and the viewer. So the viewer is pu- purely just pulling this information and passing it along to be interpreted later. Mm. It's also interesting to your point, Mason, like it's almost like we as a species give ourselves faith that a human being in their most open state can be like a vessel of yeah. greater information. That <clears throat> yeah, we, it's like it's like the 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 truth value in dreaming. 
It's like when mm. it's like when you're unconscious and sort of like unhinged or like unanchored or detached. Yeah. That you you're like tapped into some sort of knowledge yeah. that, that you don't have access to when you're when you're like when you're defined by the the tyranny of your conscious existence. Mm-hmm. Well, or it's like that's you're, the idea with the with the right, float right. tank is like that's as detached as you can get from your physic physical conscious reality. Mm-hmm. You know your yeah. your senses are as muted as they can be in that moment. Even though when I did a float tank, and maybe it's just because I need to do it more, but when I did a float tank, I was hyper conscious hmm. of the fact that I was in a fucking metal tank filled with salt water. For sure. I was like, yeah. I couldn't be more conscious right now. I, I, I'm so aware of the fact that I'm like, I'm like naked in a business in a metal tank in a basement. And I'm floating, <laughs> and like, oh, my hand just touched the side, and like, oh, oh, like salt water is making my eyes burn a little bit. Oh, I was like, yeah. how does anybody relax this thing? <laughs> For sure. I feel like you have to you do need, it like five or LSD, six times. Yeah, you probably just need more drugs. Can I Can I edit my, uh, I said handler, uh, monitor is technically the term that they use sure, in the program sure. is that person is the monitor. How dare you? So I'm sorry. After Ed was in uh, the military, he he retired. And he started his own kind of renegade volunteer remote viewing crew. And and one of the things that they uh, claim was one of their hits was the 2004 Madrid terrorist attacks, the train bombings. Yes. They called that one? Well, uh, uh, according to them. Um, mm-hmm. So just real quick, March of 2004, uh, there was a coordinated attack that uh directed by al-qaeda that um in which a bunch of trains in and around madrid were bombed and i think 192 people died over 2,000 people were injured i'm gonna summarize the part from the book where he describes um their remote viewing session on this incident uh and he said our session began like so many others had in the past Major Dame strolling into the front of the room and then marking down the target reference numbers on a blackboard. So he would just go up to a chalkboard on the front of a room with these a bunch of remote viewers in it, and he wrote down on the board six two one three slash five seven nine eight. Um, Moscow is snowing. Right. April. So that's that's the extent of the information that these people are getting in order to target this. I don't know how that connection is made. Because that number is just assigned by... It's arbitrary. It's literally like a yeah. random number gem- generator that they yeah. used. Mm. And that was... I, in all the reading I did, I, I couldn't figure out how... Yeah, on any level, those things would be connected. Anyway, mm-hmm. we can get back to that. Um, And they all have a piece of paper in front of them. And, and his, Ed, uh, Dame's method is... You have a paper, and the first thing you do is, in three seconds or less, you scribble basically and from that everything else come comes and it's like an initial gesture basically yeah it's like a three second gesture drawing mm. and some of the things they uh they then start talking about they they start putting out words like worry fear terror um when you say they you mean the the monitors the, or the handlers or no the the viewers are writing these things down okay so this is just to just a Quick clarification, when he left the program, the procedure that they used as a group that was doing this independently was a little bit different than the actual CIA procedures. The CIA procedures were like one-to-one, yeah. monitored a person with a target. When they were doing it as a squad, it was more like a group of people in a room all sort of focusing their energy on one thing and mm-hmm. almost like collaboratively remote viewing. Yeah, he, a, he adapted some of the CIA methods uh, and kind of made his own 
method out of it that now he he teaches. Yeah. Um, phrases like business like and organized come up. A group working together. Uh, people running, scattering everywhere. Uh, one woman said, "I see a tube like a snake with people in it." Bitch, that's called the train. And motion above them. <laughs> They're all going in the, the same zing! direction. They're all going in the same direction. It's like a moving tube filled with people going in the same direction. <laughs> They're running from the tube towards a structure, a building of some kind. They're terribly afraid. Then he says, afraid of the big cats? Bro, I literally... Apparently they were scared of cats. I literally really? saved that audio clip at the time for oh, you. Oh, because you listened to the audiobook? I, I listened to the audiobook. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And they mentioned it again later. So, I think it's running from the big cats is what the other one is. And I was like, <laughs> we should get that for Spencer to drop in every song he does from now on. Running from um, the big cats. Yeah. And he says, no, not the cats. It's not them. They're afraid of the fire. So now they're seeing a fire. So they, they're seeing a train and a fire and people running. Um... They somehow put together that the the cats that people were seeing were the two lions from the Spanish flag, meaning that this was going to happen in Spain. Mm. There's some there's some pretty big jumps that happen. Yeah, because um, I, I mean, feasibly he, you could predict an accident or a disaster or a bombing on any day of the year, and chances are you're going to be true within a week. Well, and and that's the thing they don't give specific dates, so they they for some reason thought that this was something that was going to happen in the future. And he said he he called local Spanish authorities as well as the FBI and CIA and warned them that something was going to happen in Spain, which seems like a good way to get arrested. Yeah, it does. Um, I also, too, though, for what it's worth, feel like that's an interesting way to potentially be able to prove something. Hey, we submitted a report to right. an agency at a period of time right. shortly in advance of this thing happening. It's like if it, if it were true that this... That the group of people, you know, well-funded by the government could put their heads together and predict terrorist attacks or mm-hmm. predict these giant things from happening, which, by the way, does happen. It's not paranormal. It's just surveillance and right. and intelligence gathering. But, you know, if, if that were the case, then disasters like that would never happen well and there right? was a ton well, of there was a ton of legitimate intelligence that the the 911 bombings were going to happen or yeah right bombings, it wasn't even psychic shit it was right like no straight up it's it was gonna happen. over the wires and yeah and it was ignored for and, whatever reason right. but I, and in this whole book that's as close as he gets to having a hit as far as i can tell mm. um e, there's a couple other ones which ones um, well, actually... He goes off on these weird tirades about finding dead kids and it gets creepy and he doesn't succeed. They did, Whoa. yeah. I, I should say, I, I should say, maybe it's not directly. <laughs> Jesus. Well, this dude, uh, we can get into it more later. He seems like a fucking psychopath, though. Yeah. He's a little wild and, and his life experience. So to your point about um, some of like the psychosis and like allowing yourself to be a little insane, he dedicates a significant chunk of the book to talking about what an insanely fucked up childhood he had Mm -hmm. um Mm. and how often the world of the paranormal was like an escape for him in terms of he found joy in it and he was curious and enjoyed it but i mean like literally there's a chapter in there about him talking about how his dad used to beat him with a two by four like regularly Mm. um and so you know obviously those can create those experiences can create some pretty awful 
mental conditions for a human being to function under. But it is interesting, all these ex-military officers who come forward with paranormal information. Yeah. It seems to be a theme. I mean, it's well, a... Or maybe that stuff just gets more attention because it seems more credible. Sure. It's like an argument from authority. If, if I thing. made some statement about paranormal things... <laughs> You Other than have the, the 12 of you that listen to my podcast, I don't think anyone would care. <laughs> right. But I, yeah, I think that's part of it. But the other thing too is, you know, a guy like that who spent 20 plus years in the military was a major, has credibility, did, it is documented that he worked for a program that tens of millions of dollars were pumped into and lasted for 25 years or whatever. Like all of those things seem to lend themselves to credibility towards the at least at least the fact that in officials and authorities were indulging the idea that this was possible yeah. and that there was maybe some statistical contributions to not so to your point about like wouldn't these things never happen if we could remote view i think the idea that i got was it was more like slight pieces of in, they call them bits in the yeah. in the document it's like bit information Actually, this is kind of an interesting um, thing that's relevant. Well, and if it's if it's only if you're only getting usable information sometimes, or if you're only getting hits sometimes, then all of it's unusable. Then yeah, none of the information is really usable unless you have some secondary way of of then vetting that information that you get from the remote viewers. Mm -hmm. But it's like a, it's almost like a dowsing rod, right? Like the concept that you mean a scam. Well, sh yeah, okay, yes, I, I know that dowsing rods themselves are, but I'm saying. What's a dowsing rod? It's like an, oh, is it finding water? That the L-shaped rod that you yeah, can hold in your hand yeah. is supposed to like pull you towards water, right? But just metaphorically speaking, it's you know if you have a small bit of information that says maybe check out over here, you do that in a way that you know if if twenty percent of the time we feel like we're slightly closer to the truth, that's better than having nothing at all. Was I think kind of the the ethos behind a lot of this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And and I think that lasted that until it, that we until we had other better ways of finding information mm -hmm. like you were talking about like actually being able to have surveillance through satellite images and through and actually being able to you know order attacks from the other side of the world with drones and we don't need psychics anymore because we have technology to fill in a lot of those gaps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't require the entire scientific institution to retool our current understanding of the right. way that the physical it, world works. It's much works. easier to accept that we can read people's emails and put cameras places than it is yeah. to think that a guy in a tub of water can see the future. Uh -huh. I think the idea, though, was always that those things... I mean, satellite imagery was a thing... Well, I guess I don't actually know when satellite imagery became like a real thing. But... We didn't have... I mean, the very first satellite that wasn't of the U.S. and didn't have a camera on it was only in 59, so. I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is I think the idea behind all of this was like, yes, there are better ways to get more concrete information, but this is this was still looked at as like, can we get a leg up? For is there a, a long way? time. Yeah, right, For right, a right. long time, it was like, can we get a small, you know, if 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 we can take our first step off of the, you know, the starting line, um, five milliseconds before the starting gun goes off, do we have an advantage in the race? Was like sort right. of the way that this whole program was looked right. at. And, and all I was saying is that maybe it fell out of favor in the, whatever, 70s because technology was starting to give us more consistently reliable information. Sure, mm. and sure. And we didn't need to seek, seek out those more fringe 
methods because we had more concrete ones that were reliable 100% of the time. Sure. Yeah. Just for what it's worth, I think this is kind of cool. This is um, this is from section four of an unclassified document on the Go go to cia.gov slash cia.gov slash library slash reading room and a bunch of the FOIA requests are out on there and there's some really wicked, weird, and cool documents, especially if you search for the Stargate program itself. There's like hundreds of declassified documents from this whole program. Read the one about Mars. Which we'll talk about uh, soon. Oh, okay. Then um, just keep listening and I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this one uh, says... Part four of one of these sections is conclusions and recommendations. And it says, while another test of training methodology is ongoing, there is suggestive evidence that this is a successful approach. From SRI's perspective, the key elements in training RV appear to be latent ability, motivation, structured practice, and the conceptual framework su uh, supplied by CI. At this time, the relative importance of each has not been experimentally determined. Um, so basically... That's so crazy. It's just just the the amount of literature that and and um, curriculum around it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like imagine spending even just forty eight hours on the subject. Yep, with a group of people. Eventually, it's like, all right, this is just bullshit. Right. Even I mean, twenty years is amazing. And then to it's come to the conclusion amazing. that like, yeah, it actually works. <laughs> yeah. Or at least sometimes right. it works. This right. was written in December of nineteen eighty six, and the title of this. 86-page document is called A Suggested Remote Viewing Training Procedure. Wow. And it's... Uh, That's fascinating. Method of approach, basic structure of an RV session. I'm just reading the the like the outline of uh -huh. table of contents. Basic structure of an RV session, key concepts of RV perceptions, data acquisition on demand through noise reduction, the impressionistic wow. nature of RV data, remote viewing procedure, uh, results in discussion, an anatomy of a viewing, applications to RV training, uh, conclusions and recommendations, uh, all kinds of fundamental concepts. It's like, it's mm -hmm. this long ass doc with tons and tons and tons of prescriptions and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Mm. Um, sample. Uh, Did we, they use children? Was that part of this program? I, not that I'm aware of. There's some images of what like people were drawing and stuff like that. We can post. Yeah, it's all it's all very based in drawing for some reason. Uh, it, there, there's actually a video on YouTube of one of Ed Dames's lectures where he's teaching people. He's teaching about six people in a Ramada conference room how to, <laughs> how to do this. <laughs> so but, you know it's legit. But his uh, his assistant guy does a remote viewing session live on the video where he's drawing on an overhead, uh, transparency on an overhead, uh, what he's seeing and smelling and tasting and all kinds of things. Is there... What, who who were the uh, viewers in this program? Were they also soldiers? Were they civilians? Or uh, I know that there were instances of both. Mm. Um, to what extent I don't know, but they're volunteers, basically. I would imagine. I would imagine, yeah. Huh. Unless it would they be were so cool to be involved in something like that. Yeah, especially as a skeptic. Totally, because 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 all you're doing is setting up. Actual, I mean, most of what they were doing was setting up actual scientific experiments to say, do we get a result if yeah. we try it this way? Right. What happens if we, if if Dave does this twice a day for thirty days? Right. Can he potentially be more accurate for the later thirty or less accurate? Or you, you know, know there mean? was LSD involved. Oh, of course. I mean, <laughs> in, the, in the '60s, if you could, they could experiment legally with LSD. Uh huh. There were whole experiments based on what happens if we do this. 
plus LSD. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do you get superpowers? <laughs> Do you die? Who knows? Uh, to your point about uh, Ed Dames, we didn't actually read this one when he first started talking about this book. But the subtitle for the book is Remote Viewing Cases from the World's Premier Psychic Spy. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like this dude, this dude is very all about a psych who spy. He, he really is likes himself and yeah. what yeah. he thinks he is well, capable when you of got a book deal. Yep. I think to That's your, kinda how I feel about that program. It's like even if you're not producing results, you're getting funding. So you mm-hmm. kind of just have right. to keep studying. Right, right. This is your, it's your salary. Mm-hmm. You know? So you just like you'll you, as long as the money's coming in, we're gonna keep doing experiments. Right. Let's let's take a quick break. Yeah. Uh, and then come back with a couple of really crazy examples of remote viewing to yeah. to wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to the What It Podcast. Uh just really quickly, um, if you haven't left us a review or a rating on iTunes, uh Please go do it. It'll literally take you 15 seconds, and they mean a ton to us. They're really great for getting new listeners and helping other people uh, discover the podcast. So um, while we're on break, you know, in the 15 seconds we're about to give you, just hop over to iTunes, just sign it really quick, and just write a couple things, and uh, and we'll heart you forever if you do that. Uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with the What A Podcast. We want to hear from you. Send us a message. Email hi, that's H-I, at whatifpodcast.com. Or leave us a voicemail at 612-246-4614. We're back. With hey. The, with the What If oh, Podcast. Hello. <laughs> um, we're, today we're talking about what if Miss Cleo worked for the CIA. Oh um, yeah, that's what we decided on. That is what it? we decided on. Uh, <laughs> I, know, I, liked, I liked my idea better, but that's okay. What was your idea? Uh, hold on, let me. It's kind of long. I gotta, I gotta pull it back up. <laughs> Maybe that's why it was. <laughs> oh, what if they were? What if they were Slendermen who are skinny because they're tall and fat because they're small and yeah, and live on Mars? Yeah, that one. Live on Mars. That mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, but Miss Cleo was a psychic, and oh, the CIA employed psychics. R.I.P. Miss Cleo. R.I.P. Miss Cleo. You, you. Gave I didn't us, even know she you died. Swindling dickhead. <laughs> Wow! Wow, that's a good one. Speaking, yeah. That's right. like a Shakespearean. Speaking, you're welcome. speaking ill of the dead over <laughs> how here. How did Miss Cleo yeah. die? I don't know how Karma. she died. Um, Karma's a bitch. Um, <laughs> but she died. I, I don't even know. But it uh, was seemed, it was a while ago. I, I think. Know. Is this a good time to bring up the Mars story as it relates to oh, this? Because yeah, it, it, it is a little bit. It is one of those where it's it's it's. I think it's an interesting version of this. And there's also. Absolutely no way to confirm it. So no, why not? not at all. Yeah, <laughs> let's, not let's even a take it bit. all the way there. But it is an interesting version of this as it relates to what we're talking about. All right. So uh, I'm pulling from a document on the CIA website from the the reading room that Ryan referenced earlier. It is simply titled Mars Exploration, May twenty second, nineteen eighty four. Is this from the Stargate program? I think this would have been after it, wouldn't it? If it was eighty four. No, they were alive until the nine, uh, 95, I think. Oh, okay. Stargate got uh, well, yeah. then, yeah, it probably is with those same Stargate releases that were declassified. Okay, cool. Um, okay, so the on the first page, it says, Method of Site Acquisition. Sealed envelope coupled with geographic coordinates. And it says, A sealed envelope was given to the subject immediately prior, the subject being the remote viewer, immediately prior to the interview, the envelope was not opened until after the interview. In the envelope was a 3 by 5 inch card with the following information. The planet Mars. Time of interest, approximately 1 million years BC. 
Selected geographic coordinates provided by the parties requesting the information were verbally given to the subject. So the subject was able to, and this is, why you would do this, I have no idea because it seems like it would fuck up the whole thing. But they were able to like hold this sealed envelope with the card in it. Mm -hmm. So this whole, this whole experiment is ruined if this dude held it up to the light at some point. Right. Or whatever. He was given geographic coordinates and there's a transcript then of this uh, conversation between the remote viewer and his, what was the? Monitor. Monitor. And he goes on to, he starts out very vaguely. He's describing um, an oblique view of a pyramid or a pyramid form. It's very high. Oh, you have like a script there? Whoa. Oh, yeah. This is an actual I'm, remote viewing if, interview. If you want to read the entire transcript, you can. I'm going to try and sort of summarize it because it's it's like eight or nine pages. There's a couple lines that are worth like. Yeah. So he, he describes seeing a, a pyramid uh, sitting in a large depressed area. He says it's yellow. Um, he said there, there are really severe clouds and weather, maybe something like a dust storm. Um, he says, wait a minute, I've got to iron this out. It's just really weird. So he's implying that like. He sort of recognizes these things, but they seem off. Like too alien to well, describe. Yeah. Um, he says, I'm looking at something like the after effect of a major geologic problem. And at this point, the monitor tells him, okay, go back further before this geologic problem. What this do you is, see? This is 1 million BC Mars? Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Um, so the monitor tells him to go back further before whatever this geologic problem was. Uh, and he says... They're mountains of dirt. They appear and then disappear. There are large flat surfaces, smooth angles, walls. They're really large and megalithic. <laughs> Again, like so incredibly yeah, vague, yeah. but there I see big stuff maybe. Shapes yeah. and colors. <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you want, man? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> and he tells him to to look around and in this area and see if he can find anything else actively happening. Mm. Um, and he says, "I see the shadow of people, very tall, thin, but only their shadows. It's like they were oh. here, but now they're not." Whoa! And the monitor then says, "Go back to a period in time where they were here." He goes, "Okay." Um, I get a lot of static on a line. It's like it's breaking up all the time. I'm just getting fragments and pieces. The monitor says, just report the raw data. Don't try and put things together. Just tell me what you see. Which, for what it's worth, I really like about this whole transcript is the monitor does a really cool job of being like, coordinates, go there. Just yeah. keep going Don't worry there. about go. making sense of it. Just, yeah. yeah. It's very... It, I think as far as all of the transcripts I've read of these, which is only a handful, but... It's really fascinating how perfectly general the the interviewer kind of mm -hmm. keeps things. Does he it's have not... to imagine that there were purists and charlatans involved? Sure. Yeah. There are people who were really fascinated with the truth and people who just... Saw an opportunity. Right. Yeah. So he says, uh, just report the raw data. Don't try and put things together. And the remote viewer says, I just keep seeing very large people. They appear thin and tall, but they're very, very large. They're wearing some kind of strange clothing. And the monitor then says, okay, stay in this time. Stay here for a minute. Now move to 46.45 north by 353.22 east. And so he says, stay in this exact time and move to these coordinates. Latitude and longitude. Yeah, I guess, even though they're on a 
different planet, but which, which if we take it at face value, which let's do it for now, take it at face value. The viewer doesn't know that they're on a foreign planet right now. Right. They they don't know that it says we're going to the planet Mars on the on the card. I right. thought they asked him a million. Oh no no no! So in the envelope it says. Um, uh, what is it? A million BC Mars. They yes. have sealed in in an envelope a card that Got says, I'm, "I'm with you." I'm Mars, with you. one million BC. But the the viewer doesn't know that. Correct. He gotcha. just got a set of coordinates. Gotcha. Yeah. Well. Um. So he says, "Okay, stay in this time period where you see these people. And now go to this specific location." And he says, "Okay, I'm deep inside some sort of cavern, uh, or maybe it's more like a canyon. I'm looking up at the sides of a steep wall that seemed to go on forever." This comes up a lot, by the way. I don't know why. Like, people always report seeing very large structures or looking up at like a canyon or elevations a, yeah. in general, ups and downs. Um, he says seeing very large, intricate structures, uh, huge sections of smooth stone. Um, and he asks the monitor, asks him, do they have insides, outsides? Are they like buildings or monoliths? And he says, yeah. It's, uh, they're huge. I don't feel like I'm standing in one. It's just really huge. My perception is that the ceiling is very high, then the walls are very wide. I'm not sure if he's inside or outside of this thing at this point. Um, at this point, the monitor says, yes, that would be correct. <laughs> Whoa. Which I'm not, it puts a different spin on this whole thing. It, it it does, man. And this is why I really like this one document specifically. You know, I'm I'm putting my inner skeptic aside at this point, and I find it very interesting that if we take the experiment at face value, and I think that because, you know, in a lot of ways, like, we shouldn't be reading this document. I mean, it's a declassified what was previously a top-secret document from 30 years ago or well, whatever. They declassified it. They, yeah, well, they don't there care. There must be a reason. Right, right but... but but ostensibly at the time that this actual conversation was happening and being recorded, there was no, like, they didn't know we were going to be reading it right now and thinking about it and talking right. about it per se. I find it very interesting that the in that back and forth, there is very specific locations and then affirmation of what's being seen there. And well, I don't... What's the verbatim text? He says that would be correct or what? He says, yes, that would be correct. And then he immediately moves him, doesn't he? He says, now go here. Yeah, so he says, I'll, I'll like, keep going. He got says, it right. He says, Checkbox. I, I'd like to move now to another location nearby, staying at this same point in time. And he gives him another set of latitude and longitude. Um, the remote viewer then says, uh, it appears to be the end of a very large road. And there's some sort of marker. It looks something like the Washington Monument or an obelisk. And he says, okay. Let's move to another location. He gives him another set of coordinates. Uh, and the remote viewer says, I'm in the middle of a huge circular basin, again, with the scale and being elevation. Uh, there's a range of mountains all the way around it. They're very ragged uh, mountains, very tall. Based you know, like mountains. Right. <laughs> As mountains okay. are wants to do. He does say, though, the scale seems to be off or something. It's just really, really big. Everything is too big. Mm. I do like that he self-identifies. To which the monitor says, yes, I understand the problem. Just keep going. Right. So again, like he's confirming, yeah, I know where you are. I know what you're seeing. You're correct. Don't worry about it. Just keep telling yeah. me what's what's happening. Yep. Um, he says, okay, let's move to another spot. Gives him another set of coordinates still in the same time period. 
And the remote viewer says the cluster of squares up and down. Don't know what that means. Um, he said it's like they're trying, somebody tried to make them square. They're almost flush with the ground. It's like they're connected. It, it's white. It's very reflective. Um, and the, the monitor says, what's the position? What's your position of observation as you look at this thing? He said, uh, it's a oblique left angle. The sun is, uh, I don't know. The sun is weird. <laughs> so, uh, yes, that would be correct. <laughs> well, again, he's picking up on the sun is always fucking weird, by the way. <laughs> kind of. He's picking up on the scale is off. Everything is too big. I don't recognize this place. The sun is not in a position I'm used to. Again, one of the things about this doc that I really like is it's, it's this oblique angles it looks white like there's this very specific take on what he's seeing in that moment or she he or she we don't, i guess we don't know gender i mean it's not that specific yeah what do you mean that doesn't sound specific at all um what was the i see a lot of uh, a cluster of squares they're at an oblique angle things look white i'm at xy position to it like it seems like a relatively um a relatively like specific set of things related to kind of a, a nondescript instruction. And then to go from that to being like, ah, this sounds just weird. You know, like <laughs> I, it, it, to me, I would think that if you were, if you were bullshitting right now, you would either be sort of general throughout everything you're saying, or you would oh. be sort of specific about everything you're saying because you're, 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 you're finding the specifics but to to go, well, we don't know what the rhythm of the conversation was though either. We so, don't. I, I'm just at, I'm just pointing and out actually, that at one point here it says 22 minutes pass between questions. Oh wow, wow. that's interesting. I, I guess I guess just to me, I would feel like if someone was bullshitting, I would feel like they would have a relatively consistent pacing with the way that they're analyzing things. To go, this is I see all well, the, but these. just because you're so I feel like it's important to make this distinction. Just because somebody is saying, I see these things. It doesn't mean that they're, they are or they aren't, like like I can close my eyes and see a landscape, and when I when I communicate that landscape to you, I'm not necessarily bullshitting. Yeah, I, I'm really seeing it yeah. in my mind's eye. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it really exists somewhere. N- not I, at all. I, I, I can uh, both be. I could simultaneously be telling you the truth and also bullshitting. All I'm pointing out is that I think that as a person who's participating in this, I think it's an interesting disparate level of communication as it relates to what they are or are not seeing. The Whether it's like real certain, or not. Certain aspects of this certain landscape. Certain aspects of it are like very foggy and unidentifiable and just like I don't even know how to explain this. It just feels weird to me and I can't really suss it out. But right. other things in that person's mind, again, whether it's real or not are coming in much clearer and much more specific to them, much more I can I can recite this back to you. Right. I just find that fascinating. Like right. that, the difference between the, ah, I don't know, the sun is weird right now versus like some more kind of specific data and information. Right. Mm-hmm. So he moves him to another spot. He says, this is very close by. Move over to 34 degrees north by 212 east. And he says, uh, it's like I can perceive a... I don't know, a radiating pattern of some kind. It's like some strange intersecting of roads that are dug into the valleys. Um, you know, where a road is just a little below the edge. So he's describing some sort of intersecting paths. And he says they're they're like really neat channels that are cut very deep 
into the earth or into the ground. And the, the monitor says at this point, okay, I've noticed electrically you're a little nulled out and I want you to stay deep and recapture your focus. Whoa. So I don't know if they have him hooked up to some sort of they did. electrode monitors or something while he's doing this. Yeah. What does, okay. that mean? what does that mean you're nulled out? Like you're getting less, what, in, I, I, input? or I, I, I don't know exactly. I don't know if it's like a brain impulse reading just in generally or what. Um, but they, a lot of the instructional documents talk a lot about uh, noise and they mean it in like brainwave noise huh. and the ability to, or not the ability to, but the suggestion to reduce slash engage in some of the noise that your brain is sort of experiencing in these conversations. Huh. So the the, That's the viewer says it's really tough. It, these things are just all really sporadic. He says, take some time, get back deep. He says, okay. Um, whatever these things are, he starts calling them aqueducts. He says they're rounded, uh, bottom curved channels. They're like roadbeds. Um, I see the pointed tops of something on the horizon. Even the horizon looks different. Uh, it's misty. It's like it's further away than it should be. And then he he even says very vague and just kind of trails (laughs) off. Yeah. Um, it says, okay, another movement now to 80 degrees south, uh, 64 degrees east. It says, I see pyramids. Can't tell it's over, if it's overlay or not because they look different. He said, okay, do these pyramids have insides and outsides? He says, yeah, I have both. They're huge. Uh, there's a really interesting perception I'm getting. And this, this part is weird. It's in parentheses, but it says, the monitor is saying it, so I don't know if this is his, these are his notes after the fact, or if he said this out loud or yep. to someone else, but he says, I think he's losing his ability to move accurately, but he's attracted to things that are interesting, so we're just going to go with this now. Mm. We're going to let him go ahead and explore what seems to be interesting to him, rather than trying to move him to the specific targets indicated here. So he goes back to describing these uh, these pyramids that he he saw along the horizon. Um, and he says, they're like shelters from storms. Yeah, they, they're designed for that. Uh, and the monitor says, oh, okay, go inside one of these and find some activity to tell me about. It also then says at this point in parentheses, plus 37 minutes real time. Mm. So he took 37 minutes to walk his ass over to the pyramid, apparently. <laughs> uh, he says, they're different chambers, but they're almost stripped of any kind of furnishings or anything. It's like strictly functional place for sleeping that's not the right word. Uh, hibernations of some form. Um, there are storms, savage storms, and people are sleeping through the storms. Monitor says, okay, tell me about the people who are sleeping through the storms. They're very tall again, very large, but they're thin. They look thin because of their height, and they dress in like, oh, hell, it's like real light silk, but it's not a flowing type of clothing. It's cut tight to fit. Miner says, move close to one of them and ask them to tell you about themselves. So he walks over to one of them. And he says, they're, uh, they're very ancient people and they're, and they're dying. It's past their time or their age. They're ve- very philosophical about it. They're, and they're lo- apparently totally used to just like random disembodied personalities <laughs> appearing and like asking them questions. <laughs> oh, yeah, well... The deal with us is like we're real ancient and we're like dying out and stuff. It's like, hey, where are you from? 
Oh, a million years in the future? Hey, maybe you could fucking help us out. Hey, go back further in time. Sorry. Mason won't let it happen. I'm sorry. He won't. I'm sorry. He won't let it happen. I'm sorry. Isn't that why you have me on? Isn't this, is this not entertaining? We're reading a declassified CIA document transcript of a very wild conversation. We are not advocating its entire truth or falsehood. Go ahead, Spencer. You got this. Bring it home, baby. Bring it home. Bring it home. They're very philosophical about it. They're looking for a way to survive, and they just can't find one. Oh. Uh, they can't seem to get their way out. They can't seem to find their way. They're hanging on for a while to look or to wait for something to return or something to come with the answer. Miner says, what are they waiting for? Uh, there was a group or a party of them that went to find a new place to live. I'm, I'm getting all kinds of overwhelming input of the corruption of their environment. It's falling very rapidly, and this group went somewhere like a long way away to find another place. Uh, and he's, the monitor asks, was it the cause of the atmospheric disturbance you saw earlier? He says, I see a picture of it like a, uh, like a warp. Ooh, Stargate. Well. In a, <laughs> uh, I see a globe, and it's like a globe that goes through a comet's tail. Or through a river or something. It's all very cosmic. It's like space pictures. <laughs> what if space pictures? <laughs> he says, all right, before you leave this individual, ask him if there's any way that you, uh, ask him if he knows who you are and is there any way you can help him in his present predicament? We're going to buy some Mars weed. <laughs> <laughs> he said, all I get is that they just have to wait. He doesn't know who I am. He thinks I'm a hallucination or something. Okay, when the others left, these people are waiting. When the others left, where did they go? Uh, I don't know. It looks like the inside of a large boat. Very rounded walls and shiny metal. Go along with them on their journey and find out where it is that they went. <laughs> he says, I get the impression of a really crazy place with volcanoes and gas pockets and strange <laughs> plants. It's a very volatile place. It's very much like going from the frying pan into the fire. The difference is that there seems to be a lot of vegetation where the other place did not have any. And it's a, there's a different kind of storm. And then that's it. The, the monitor brings him back, tells him he's back in 1984, and that's the end. If you allow your skeptic brain to take a little breather. Which basically means if you allow yourself to be anti-intellectual. Mason is so mad about well, this I'm story. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. How is this so fascinating? Mad. This is like a round robin story. It's just a dude making up a story. I don't understand how this is like. But is there. Okay. If, if there was anything to it, this would not be declassified. If there was. You know what I mean? It's like. I don't know. It's just a dude making up a story. No one then, is. Then why are just dudes making up stories on the CIA website? Because they thought this shit might be real, and now it's not. So they're like, okay, well, whatever. We'll just release these things. We have no. We have no. We have no. Okay, I'm not going to give full credence to this person's story. No, I know you're not. What? <laughs> but you're saying if you just allow your brain to stop working, you no, can believe it. Not it's at like, all. Well, yeah, no. of course. Not. Not, <laughs> not at all. If uh, you just believe it, then you can believe it. I think that there are interesting, <laughs> there are interesting, uh, there are interesting elements of this interview that, to me, don't strike me as someone who is just straight up bullshitting. Like, it, like I'm not saying 
that there that it is impossible that this person concocted a story in their mind. But I think in terms of like speech patterns and the way that like this entire arc is illustrated by this person and some of the elements of the monitor f- saying like, yes, that's correct. Keep moving. Nope. He's doing something wrong. Let's get him back on track, etc. There are some interesting elements of this that don't feel like someone who's just like, oh, no, I'm like making up more shit in my brain. And I have absolutely no evidence of that being the case. You know, like obviously, yes, a million years ago, BC on Mars, we wouldn't have any evidence to prove or disprove anything this person is saying right now. Well, we would, though. I mean, we have a million, we have have evidence from a million years ago on Earth that things happened. There's not even that long ago. We have evidence from 50, 60, 70, 100 million years ago. How much time have we spent on Mars? Well, we have rovers there. I mean, we have sort of. We have satellite. What do you mean, sort of? We had totally have we have, rovers we have, there. Ro- we have we have rovers on Mars that occupy like a two and a half mile we have, radius. We have imagery of the entire. Planet. What is it? Ten mile radius? It's not more than ten miles. They haven't done more than a ten mile radius on Mars. Mm, okay. Isn't we that have, true? We haven't the dug it up. We haven't do? looked at for a fossil record or anything. That's true. that's what I'm kind of. And more there is evidence at. that there used to be an atmosphere on Mars. That's There's evidence what I'm that, there, that there is water on Mars. See, now you're letting sure. yourself go somewhere. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. It, because that's just a scientific fact that there is evidence. There is water on Mars. There's evidence that there used to be an atmosphere. You know, that's so, not letting myself go into some. I mean, that's that's. So, Mason, <laughs> let me ask you a question. Okay. Okay. What if? Yep. The ether that we cannot possibly understand. So I will use it as the ether. What if the ether allowed someone to somehow? Know that Earth was seeded by uh, Mars aliens, and that's where we come from. Let me ask you another question. <laughs> what if your grandma had wheels? She does have wheels. She drives. She, to this you know day. what I mean? It's like it's like what you know. What if? Yeah, I don't know. That that would be. I I think it's a fascinating question. You know, if are, are did we have long lost cousins that came to this planet? Are some of the ancient myths we have about? Fighting over the for dominion of the earth. Mars was burning down, man. They had Mars to do something. Was burning they down. Had to they leave. had to find a new home. They did need. Is a new that home. where the epic of Gilgamesh comes from? Yes. Is that where the great flood comes from? Is yep. that where this idea of the pantheon of gods was actually just like aliens fighting over dominion? I mean, all yeah. these questions are super fascinating. Did a dude in a fucking basement ranting about squares? And and white stuff, you know what I mean? It's like, how is that interesting? How is that fascinating? This dude is so obviously just like, it's like when you talk about a dream, you can make meaning out of the dream. doesn't mean that it's like, that it bears any like resemblance to reality. I mean, it's like this, like, you, you, I, I can imagine something and describe it to you in great detail or in vague detail and have it be, I'm not bullshitting you. I'm describing to you what I'm really seeing yeah. in my mind's eye. Yeah. Does it, you know, and if, if you choose to say like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Keep going. Does that mean that you have some sort of knowledge that, that I don't have access to, or does it just mean that you're good? It could. You're right. It could. It could. We don't know. You're right. It could. That's true. I think what we've learned today is that Mason definitely does not think that Miss Cleo worked for the CIA. Not once. No, you know. Not never. No way. You know. No how. I am convinced of this. The evidence is out there. The compelling evidence of ESP is out there. I don't think Stargate is it. All right. You know what I mean? All right. I think I think 
the compelling evidence of of psychics is probably out there. Yeah. Just just in the same way that I've heard stories about aliens, ghosts, vampires that I'm like, "Damn, that's compelling." But when it's just like a dude in a basement ranting about stuff he sees when he closes his eyes, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. That doesn't really do it for me. All right, that's fair. Maybe we should have walked you through all the steps that people go through to get to this point in like the actual conversations because there's like all this procedure that I think leads people to these places and I, I think some of that is, it's a little bit more technical than just the yeah. guy ranting in a basement for what it's worth. You're right. It's not but it's, 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 it's also, not just I don't like know me why, closing my eyes I like, don't know why I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> just to be honest. I think that we're upending we're upending your sense of both truth and reality by hypothetically entertaining a possibility and you don't like having those things upended. Yeah, maybe that's true. I don't know I don't know why that is. I don't know. Let's talk about it uh let's talk about it when we have you back. Okay. Should we? Yeah. All right. I love you guys. I love you too, man. <laughs> You know we love you. You know I don't hate this shit. You know, I, know I care. You don't. I care so deeply about it. Yes, you are passionate about it, and that's I why do. we love you. Okay. Well, no, it's true. I love being here. Uh, we're gonna have you back. Okay. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> he says okay. He thinks we're live. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I haven't eaten anything. I'm drinking scotch. Oh, oh, we're man. talking about Mars a million years ago. It's like what the fuck. <laughs> Where am I? What yeah. is this? You're drunk already, aren't you, buddy? <laughs> yeah, bud. <laughs> I'm so glad we have those lined up on deck just when we need them. Whatever we Graham's cock, boys. <laughs> um, we love you guys so much. Uh, thank you for listening. This has been the What It Podcast. Bud, you're two deckers. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, we're going to be back at you next week with another episode of the What It Podcast. As always... Thank you for joining us, Mason. You're welcome. I'm sorry for being so mad. You don't need to be sorry. We love you. Look up the blind prophet, though, because she's some. She's a real. From where is she from? Bulgaria. <laughs> okay, or something. Uh, yeah, probably. I, I know you're trying to wrap shit up. No, no, no. But I'm saying the blind prophet. She predicted 9/11. She fucking. She predicted. Um, what if she there said, was a blind prophet from Bulgaria? Bal- she said 2016 is going to be the year Europe starts to collapse. Oh. She said the 40. She said the 44th president was going to be black. She oh. said a bunch of crazy shit in oh. like 1989 or some shit like that. Oh. And she's dead now. All of her predictions are coming true. Hey, I'm just saying. So so Mason believes in the blind prophet from Bulgaria, but all of this is a bunch of bullshit. Straight up. All right, we're doing a what if on the blind prophet from Bulgaria uh, some other time. A lie is born. On the what if I don't podcast. know where she's from. <laughs> we'll catch you guys next time. We love you. Bye. Peace. I'm sorry. We'll be back next week with another episode of the What If Podcast.